Thessalonians. Oh, oh, Bible there. Paul again in his emphatic exhortations. What he spoke of a lot of the, a lot of the time was about time. Might not have said it in those exact words, but he uh, was constantly stressing the time ahead in various forms and ways as he ministered in his day the time ahead of the coming of the Lord, the second coming of Christ. And we find here in Second Thessalonians that he basically, uh, being his second letter to the church at Thessalonica, uh, he was stressing this even more. Now, of course, he did not know, neither did they, nor anybody else, what day that was going to be. We're here about 2,000 years later now, and it hasn't happened yet. But God, in his infinite wisdom and the Holy Spirit uh, speaking through Paul, we see here this preparation was, was a constant effort because as it is now, they then had no idea when this was going to take place. So what Paul tried to do is lay this foundation of being in a constant preparedness. Always ready. And his instructions, as we read through the entirety pretty much of the New Testament barring the Gospels and a couple of other books, we find that um, this was pretty much the, the theme. Uh, Christians progress towards the future event. And Paul, in his attempts to enlighten the church, that that was indeed going to happen and then prepare how to prepare themselves for it to happen. So that's what we're going to look in tonight in this latter part of the second letter to Thessalonians. And we're looking here at uh, chapter number three. Two Thessalonians chapter three. First word we see here in the King James is finally. And biblically, that usually means above all things. Or absolutely. Or most important. It kind of puts a finality emphasis on it. Uh, and his emphasis and his stressing here, uh, he begins to lead into the fact, now he himself is a minister. We know that. Paul ministered all over. He made missionary journeys, evangelical trips, established churches. A lot of things Paul did are not recorded in the Word. It's kind of like Jesus. Had there been everything recorded in the Word, we'd have to have a wheelbarrow to haul all of it around. Uh, so we're given kind of minor excerpts, if you will, of the life of Paul here as he, uh, these various letters that, that were discovered and implemented into the Bible we know as New Testament. So Paul, in his uh, very much Holy Spirit-filled ministry, and indeed it was, this guy was charged of the Holy Spirit, uh, dynamically visited on the road to Damascus by incarnate Jesus himself, and just just full of the desire uh, to reach people. And that's what he's doing right here. But in here, he's in, he's, his attempt to reach is to make a drastic impression about this future coming of Christ. And this is how he puts it. He says, finally, brethren, look what he says, pray for us. 
Now, if you can picture Paul as the great apostle he was and the, the prayer warrior that he was, the Holy Spirit filling that he had in beyond measure, I mean, picture this guy. He had a faith like probably none other. He, he had a, a connection with God. It's very evident by scriptures was powerful. But what does he say right here? He says, pray for us. Pray. Why? You think Paul had the ability to pray for himself? Well, absolutely he did. He said he's prayed in tongues more than anybody. Mm -hmm. He said more than you all. But he didn't emphasize that a lot because that's a whole other lesson because he explained it was confusing, but he did bring that about, that his prayer life was powerful and it had the potential to reach God. And it did. Uh, God blessed Paul as he went about doing what he did here in these fledgling young churches that he founded and got them on their feet and going and revisited them, some of them two, some of them three times. Uh, took a lot of prayer. And Paul, he was the one that said pray without ceasing, remember? So we know Paul was a power, powerful prayer warrior, but why does he say pray for us? Just think about that. Think about it right now. Why does he say pray for us? Why is it that's not possible that he prayed for himself? Now, keep in mind, this is a letter to a distant church. Paul's not there. He's writing this letter to this church, these people in this church. And he says, pray for us. The reason he says that is because Paul knows there's a real enemy. And that Paul knows the power of of prayer when it's coupled together and he also knows this is very interesting he also knows that whether you're here or whether you're there or whether you're anywhere the people of God coming together in prayer have a spiritual connection and he emphasized why saying that you can be wherever you might find yourself but really if you understand praying for one another and that's what he's saying pray for us that's praying for each other how powerful that is and how much weight that carries with God who all prayers go to. He knows that this particular opponent that he faces daily and many times daily as he goes about trying to spread the gospel through his journeys, he knows there is a foe out there because he's experienced him many times. He names it about three times in Scripture. Uh, Romans 1 13 15 22 and he also talks about it in first Thessalonians 2 18 he says he uses the word hindered I was hindered in 2 18 of first Thessalonians he says Satan hindered me so he knows there is a great hinderer out there and he also knows that it is absolutely essential and vital that Christians pray for each other that's why it says this because he knows that he cannot make it by himself alone even though he is purported to be the, the great or the evangelist of the day, the Billy Graham of the air, so to speak, or whoever else you might think of. Uh, this, this is uh, also indicating the importance because realizing who Paul is, and he, you notice he says us, He's not just asking for himself, he's asking for those that are in his accompaniment at the time he writes this, however many they may be. He said, pray for us. 
the ministry team. The ministers. Now, without sounding like I'm blowing my own horn or begging for mercy myself, Scripture's brought out more than here other times as well the importance of praying for the ministry. Praying for the pastors, praying for the evangelists, praying for the missionaries, praying for those in leadership positions. Why? What's important about that? They're supposed to be pretty solid, right? They're supposed to have it all going on, right? They're the ones that praise before us all the time. Well, why did he say this then? Who do you think the target might be more than anybody else? I'm talking about the target of the enemy. Anybody want to answer that? The one bringing the word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talked about it last, I think this is last Sunday, about the, uh, the hierarchy and the enemies. Yeah. Well, God had the hierarchy also, yeah. you know, from the head down, and, and the enemy knows that. Yeah. So if he can, if he can attack the hierarchy and get at the top, yeah. he knows that everyone else will be affected. Yeah. That is involved. How many times in our recent uh, history here? I'll put it that way. Back, back a few years. How many times have we see leading evangelists, televangelists, mainly of Paul? What, what kind of damage do you think that does when they do? How much do you hear the public say, uh uh-huh, we, we thought yeah. so. But you know, everybody's weak. Nobody's strong without God. Right. And, and if a man tells me he's never tempted, I'll call him a liar to his face. Because everybody gets tempted. And there's times of weakness. I'll tell you, I heard one himself say, and he said this, but, and he, he had failed greatly. He said, I didn't know who to go to. I didn't know who to go to. Because I'm the man. Yeah. And I dealt with this and dealt with it, and finally it got me. That's what he said. So, this enemy, Paul, is requesting really air support here for, okay? Right. Right. Call in the air support. Prayer prayer, prayer, prayer air support. We kind of get that. You got military, and you know what I'm talking about. Uh, of the brethren, calling for all bodies on board, uh, armed, arm yourselves. We need prayer because the enemy's after us, mm-hmm. and he still is. He still is. It hasn't changed. Um, in the beginning, when Paul and these uh, his associates were. Uh, spreading the gospel early in the Christian era their going was tough but we talked about it here recently they faced a lot of opposition, persecution I named it, you know what Paul said he'd went through trying to get the gospel preached and even he himself I was related earlier, uh, he said he was hindered greatly and he knew who was hindering sometimes if we notice he don't use the term Satan he talks about other people him. I've stressed this many times here. Who do you think Satan uses? People. People. It's his greatest asset. One reason they can hurt you the worst. A demon out here can do things to you, but people can hurt you worse than anybody. People can cause you to give up. Especially people that you think is close to you. 
not temptation. Many times, false friends and pretending brethren could be worse enemies than the real enemy. You know that? Paul's calling the Christian ranks here to tighten up what he's doing. Gathered up. Gather your loins about you. Remember him saying that in other scriptures? Uh, get ready. This, this is the most important thing anybody could be doing. Now, moving forward again a couple thousand years and looking at the present situation of the church, we got problems, folks. We got problems. Either they've lost all sense of what worship to God is even about, or they've abandoned the ship. And then we have the other respected problem of how many people are really praying anymore and praying effectively. Tossing up a little answer to your text and that's all you get or whatever. Paul's talking about serious prayer. Pray for us. There's a real devil out here and we're fighting him every day and we need your prayers. And I'll agree with him. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, I'm living down the road a long time from when he lived as well as others and if you do and when you do and a few of you here sometimes it seems like when there's just a few it's like I'm up here drumming you I'm not doing that at all I wish there was 10,000 people could hear this when you pray for your leaders your teachers your pastors don't just pray for yours pray for all of them because they're all fighting the same devil they're all opposed by the same foe the same one that's tried to hinder the spreading of the gospel from where it goes. He's still doing it. And possibly by greater degree today. I don't know. Same enemy, but it seems like things are really ramping up. And uh, which creates a need for more prayer. Because prayer is the weapon of our arsenal. Uh, pray for us. Now this is where he says it. That the word of the Lord may have free course. The original language that that is in, that the, the word of the Lord may run. May run. What's that mean? If you're running, what are you doing? I'm making haste. I was there, but now yeah, gaining ground. That the word of the Lord may gain ground, may gain foothold. Not just a little bit, but a lot. That's, that's because Paul knows there's the great need for that. Because the word of the Lord being spread changes the world. Because when it's spread, the word doesn't return void, right? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What happens then? People get saved. People get on fire for God. People get filled with the Holy Spirit. And they go to work for God and they begin to minister. So it's a real problem for this foe that he's dealing with here. That the word of the Lord may have free course. That it may go as it is supposed to do and have the effect it's supposed to have. A lot of times we just kind of leave that alone. It's just supposed to do it by itself, right? It can't. I mean, I'm not saying it can't, but it can't. It's got to have instruments to report it forth. And guess who that is? Us. To have free course, it's got to have an avenue to go by, or at least someone to carry it for. Now, Paul was one of those carriers. That's why I'm saying pray for us. That God's word can go forth, that it can progress, that it can advance. 
if you if you notice there's military terms even in this advance if you're advancing what are you doing if you're advancing the enemy what's going on here you're not retreating are you but the problem is if you're not praying there's a very likely chance that you're going to be going backwards because you can't continue if you don't put the force that God gives you to force with into action. If you don't do that, then you're going to go backwards. Right. And you can only go backwards till you fall off the cliff. So Paul, again, in, 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 in requesting uh, the prayers and the support of this church, he continues and he says, The Lord may have recourse and be glorified even as it is with you and be glorified well what is it of the gospel that makes it so powerful you ever think about that you preach the word it's words but what makes it powerful whose presence is in it God's if God's presence is in the spreading of the gospel and the gospel going forward then what's there is glory glorified that it may be glorified, that it may have the inspiration, that it may have the, the spiritual emphasis that has the ability to draw the souls of men and women and light to it to further the kingdom. See, there's a whole lot in here in this little brief few scriptures that is so huge that we fail to, like a lot of the other Bible, we fail to see it. Uh, I'm going to stop here briefly, give the opportunity to comment a question as I go along. Anybody have a comment again up to this point? Have you experienced? Go ahead. I heard an old story, and I just thought it was worth mentioning because you were talking about prayer and praying for the leaders in the church and mm -hmm. things like that. You know, first, first point I wanted to, you know, I, I thought about was I wonder about those people at the top, and I wonder about how many people were actually praying for them. You know, those ones that were struggling, maybe struggling with something. Mm -hmm. That were. I wonder how many people were actually investing time in praying for them. Maybe they didn't know what it was. But just a devoted prayer towards them. I heard a story from a guy from some of the old time evangelistic and the old time uh, things that went on in this area. Mm -hmm. And he said he was eyewitness to this. He said we were having a, we were having a church service, a place you know it was it was pretty full, and he had pastor been struggling with some stuff. He got up, he called the congregation out, and he said, "Listen, I know this is going to seem hard, but ain't not one of y'all are praying for me, and I can feel it." Nobody is praying for me. And he said, the place was silent. And he said, I need your prayers. You have got to pray for me. I'm not getting messages. I'm having struggles. I'm having issues. You have got to pray for me. And I just thought that was, that was so bold, but it's so real, so raw. The struggles are going on, but people just assume because, well, you're a leader. You know, God promoted you because you have some sort of special power. You just got it. Right, yeah. yeah. You just got it, man. You know, and, and uh, it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. People. I mean, we all feel human bodies. Mm -hmm. uh, and so did Paul. But what you said there is, I mean, it connects because the importance of following through instead of just saying I do following through and actually bearing up in prayer when you pray for your leaders it helps everybody else too sure. well, I can relate I can tell you there's many times I've man just like I'm in a war trying to get a message 
and uh, you can just feel the atmosphere with realize from where your trouble comes, you, you, who you're in it for, you know where it comes from, right. that's where prayers, and I'll put this, I know we can't all just pray constantly, even though Paul said pray without ceasing again, but pray, uh, I urge you every Sunday morning, pray for the service, sure. pray for the message, pray yeah. for the teachers, pray yeah. for the leaders, pray for the pastor, whoever it is, right. not just here, but everywhere, mm. because I guarantee you, on Sunday morning is when it's going to kick in. There's going to be a lot of opposition to try to deter the word from going forth, or even the word from going forth in the effect that it should be able to go forth in. Right. Now that includes everything from from word go and the bell rings to the worship to to everything. Uh, us can be more than just two or three ministers. Us can be all of us. Pray for each other, all of us. Uh, and I don't know. We probably. To a degree, fail to do that so much of the time, and uh, something I I really feel we need to get back to doing. If you're not doing that, I encourage you to get back to doing that, and don't just generalize it. Bless them, Lord. Boy, that's an easy one, isn't it? And we're probably all been guilty of that. Sure. Yeah. But it don't take a lot of time. I, I don't care if, if you just run down the list. If if you name somebody. That is powerful. Yes, yes. Lake, Luana, Nathan, make you a list. Yes. Write it down. Get it out and unfold it. At some point in your day, call them off. If you know specific needs, spend a little time on it. Sure. You might not get to do it all at once, but you can do it. We all can. Uh, because if, if we do that, I, I promise you, you will see things begin to change. And this whole thing that this whole nation, really globe, has been facing on epidemics and all the chaos and the nonsense, I wonder how many people have been praying about that. Right. Or just wondering, what are you going to do, God? Right. Yep. See, it's the prayers of the people that make the difference. Right. Paul knew that. He said in verse 2, and that we may be the, now listen to this and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. That we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked. So many times we just think about the wicked man. Well, what in the world is an unreasonable man? I think if you look around, you don't have to look very far and you don't see a few. Unreasonable people are unreasonable men are people that have no recognition of God and don't want any. They're going to do what they're going to do and they're going to try to force it on everybody else. And I'm not trying to be specific politically here. This is a spiritual thing. It's been going on since Paul's times or we wouldn't have found it in this verse. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wicked are not necessarily the atheists and agnostics and those types. Right. They very well can be person of great immorality or supporting immorality right. or abomination or downright wickedness, evil, and sin. They can be those of Paul's day who stood in his way constantly and continuously. I mean, he, he went before kings and governors and emperors and everybody trying to oppose him. Uh, he faced uh, opposition in certain cities where they worship sex gods. I mean, like you wouldn't believe. Well, our society is worshiping the same thing, folks, right. in a different way. Yep. 
So all these forces are present, and I'm just naming one as an example. There's many. We are inundated with gambling spirits in this country that's taken families down by the multitudes. We're, we're seeing substance abuse like never before. That, that does not just happen because something's put in a bottle or in, a, or in something else. That's spiritual. The book of Revelations itself talks about sorceries in the last times. Sorceries in the Greek is pharmaceutical, which pharmaceuticals put two and two together, it equals four. That's right. There's a lot of things against the church, working against the church, working against the word of God, working against the gospel being spread, as it was in Paul's day, and much more. That's the importance that we spend time praying, not only for the leaders, but for each other, because we see people in the past and all through the years come into this church that have weaknesses. Physical dependency. Problems of the whatever. It's our obligation to pray for them, pick them up in encouraging prayer because if we never do, they're never going to be able to receive what it is they need. Prayer is the, is the power source. Prayer is the avenue to God. Paul knew that. That's why he's saying it. This is, this is what we need. We need your prayer support. Now, the latter part of verse 2 says, For all men have not faith. Kind of threw that one in there. For all men, have they don't have faith. What do you mean by that? You ever count on somebody and they fail you? You really counted on them and you had confidence because they told you they'd do something and you found out they didn't do it and what they didn't do made a tremendous difference? We'd like to think we can have faith in everybody, but I'm going to tell you we simply can't. Faith is coupled with confidence here. What that means? You can't have confidence in everybody. We want to, we wish we could, because spiritually, confidence to know that people are praying for you has a contained power in itself because confidence contains an element of trust. It's godliness. Now we're living in a society today, you don't find a lot of confidence. You can't hardly trust people this day and time. Am I right? Why? Why is that? I think in, in huge degrees because they don't know what trust means. Or their trust is in everything else other than what it ought to be if you want to call it trust. To have confidence, Paul's saying here, he's got confidence in his church because he first said to pray for it. If he didn't have confidence in them, he'd have never said pray for us because it wouldn't have done a bit of good. But he knows there's something in his church. But he warns them. He says, everybody don't have faith. I think I can read it. Everybody don't have the kind of faith it takes to reach God. Or either, like I said earlier, it's a falseness or a pretense. And it's, it's a great difference in that. I've wondered universally compared to the day Paul's speaking here and as the ages went on to the present time we're living 
just really what prayer has become. I'll tell you, in this day, they bore down. And they spent time and effort and energy. And I think we talked about this a while back, our time. Our time's more valuable than praying. And that makes a lot of difference. And comments. Y'all's comments are good. I appreciate it. Questions. And stop up there at the end of that verse, verse 2 before I move on. Talk about a little. What? Uh, as we go along here, just like many times, you've heard me say this before and heard it. Self evaluation. Remember me asking that many times right up here? Evaluate yourself. Where are you at in this? How's this going with you? Compare yourself. And that's all for the good. It's not where you can get beat up or get criticized or lambasted. It's for improvement. Self, examine yourself and see your fear of the faith. That's, Paul said that in another place. Examine yourself. Nobody really has to examine you, really. You know yourself better than anybody, and you know what you're doing or you're not doing. Right. Like I do. Examine yourself and see. Uh, this is an excellent place for that. Verse 3 says, But the Lord is faithful. Yeah. Who shall establish you and keep you from evil. That actually means from the evil one. Well, that's interesting. Thrown right in the middle of this. All of a sudden he goes to God. He said, the Lord's faithful. We know that, don't we? I'd like to believe we do. So if the Lord is faithful, what is he faithful to do? If you're praying as you should pray, praying in earnest, then what's God's going to do? He's going to answer, right? He's faithful to answer prayer. Paul's urging pray for us, and he goes through this, and he says, God is faithful, or the Lord is faithful. He's faithful in many ways. Not only to hear, not only to respond, but what is he faithful? What is he able to do? What's Paul calling for here? He's talking about evil people or wicked. He's talking about opposition. He's talking about being hindered by demonic forces. What is it that's necessary when you're facing that kind of stuff? It's just like you're out here on the battlefield and there's soldiers everywhere aiming at you. There's an element of danger, isn't there? There's an element of danger in spiritual warfare. There's an element of danger, I'm going to tell you, and I'm not lifting my... Every time I get up there, there's an element of danger. We're living in a day where we got to lock these doors. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen the horror stories. People that went in and shot and killed multiple people in churches, they didn't just do it because they woke up one morning and said, hey, I think i got a neat idea. They were driven by Satan to attack the people of God, the houses of God, and the churches of Jesus Christ. And it's going on at, a, at an accelerated degree. I hate to say it. I don't like to say it. But it's going to happen again somewhere. Because this thing is escalating. More the need. More the need. People be praying against it. Talk about those unreasonable men and those wicked. You know what Paul's saying right here? He's literally saying pray against them. If they're hindering the gospel, if they're hindering the word of God being spread, pray against them. You can pray for their souls, but pray against them. That sounds kind of violent, doesn't it? I researched this. Some actually pray to stop them. Pray that they be stopped. Paul, in other instances, he didn't mind saying some things. 
something else. We're living in a day where you better not say nothing, right? If you say something, they're going to be after you. They're going to swarm. They're going to show up at your doorstep trying to burn your house down. What does that incite? Fear. Fear. If I could gauge Paul, I would say he's one of the most fearless people I've ever read about. He kept going for God. His mission was spreading the gospel. He was adamant about it. He was passionate about it. He faced so many things that things he named and things that he didn't name, couldn't name. That's why, again, he stressed the importance. And this isn't the only time that he requested prayer. He knew prayer was what would keep him going and others praying for him and also praying for each other. That it's vital and absolutely essential in the Christian life. That we don't just live this thing alone and it's our however many and no more and we simply assemble on certain days of the week and we go on and we don't think about nobody else to the next time we might see each other or maybe we won't. A lot of room for thought. Comment. And we have, here we go, and we have confidence in the Lord touching you. Concerning you. We have confidence in the Lord concerning you. Boy, that, that's pretty good. How can you have confidence in the Lord concerning you? Think about that. What's he, what's he mean? What, what do I think he means? We have confidence in the Lord concerning you. Here comes that trust thing. Here comes that confidence in an individual again. How's the only real way? And think about this. The only real way you can have true 100% bona fide confidence in an individual. What's the only way you can do that? It's not in the natural. Because we've seen that fail too many times. It can only be in the Lord. The, the relationship with God that individuals have in relationship with each other is what brings about the kind of confidence Paul's talking about. People you can rely on. People that you can ring them up at 2 o'clock in the morning and say, hey, I need prayer, and you know they'll be on it. Or you know they're going to be at your side holding you up, or they're going to be backing you up, or they're going to be fighting the devil with you. That's, that's confidence. The only way that can happen is in the Lord. It can never happen in the flesh itself because the flesh fails. Right. No matter how much one may try. But the only real genuine ability to confide or have confidence in anyone is through the Lord. What's that mean to you? Who do you have confidence in? Give us an example. Other than the Lord. Well, I've got a lot of confidence in uh, Sean. Okay. Why? Uh, he's just demonstrated many times that he's going to Gonna go for God just what he's gonna go for man. There you go. There you go. The only way he can go for God is he got God in him, right? That's right. And I know he keeps his head in that Bible, and I know he prays. Excellent answer. And I'm sure some of you here could probably answer, you know, various things like it. Anybody else want to jump in? If we can't have confidence in each other, what are we gonna do? And I'm talking about the Lord Lord kind of confidence in each other. You know, 
I, I believe I can be absolutely safe in saying that there's places <laughs> that you might as well not offer a prayer request because you're probably not going to get it. And I don't know if I can stress the importance of, of it enough of, how, of what it means and the power that's available when multiple people are praying as was in this case Paul's talking to the church which evidently there's multiple people that that's going to be in the hearing of this I need your prayers be praying for me and if they follow through and begin to pray for him he knows that's what carries him along he knows that in essence that's where his protection comes from now we know it comes from God but when you pray for such things God will honor those things and see to it and Paul relied on that again many times the, whatever church he was talking to pray for us we need your prayers uh, this battle's rough the opposition's real there's persecution involved I've been beat to a pulp he said before but I'm still going how did he keep going he knew how he kept going and he constantly solicited the devil's prayers all right, anybody else? Have confidence in the Lord touching you that you both do and will do the things which we command you. Now, there we go. Don't take command here. It's not what it's talking about. Things we teach you. The proper instruction of God. The Word. Be obedient. Read it again. Have confidence in the Lord touching you that you both do and will do the things which we command you. And he's asked for prayer. He's confident. He's got confidence here in his trust that they are going to pray for him. Now he goes a little further and he, he starts basically conversing to them through letter about this. And in Paul's writing, I find it very interesting the way, and we know the Holy Spirit inspires, but the way things are put and placed and terms used I mean you might not find it that way but I find it very intriguing the way that certain terms really gouge you they really kind of dig you and, and enable you to bring to the surface what's being said and I, you know maybe maybe that don't happen to you but it does me uh, but in the, uh, the address there uh, hearing and doing are two different things back to something I alluded to a while back again that's what James said don't just hear the word do it Paul has confidence that they're going to do what they're going to do not just hear it but do it you do and will do not just now but later why put it that way you'll do and you will do you'll continue to do Christianity is a continuance isn't it we don't just do it one time and then it, it's it's also a very how would you say it uh, uh, we know it's not a profession it's it's a life Christianity is a life but it's an exerting lifestyle it's a lifestyle of, of exerting oneself in these things prayer uh, I talked about obedience obedience is an exertion sure. if you really attempt to be obedient Sometimes it can be wearing. You know why? Because this flesh wants to fight. And yeah. when this flesh wants to fight, then it's going to be wearing. Sure. But it's worth it in the end. Yeah. 
do these commands, Paul said. You're, you, you, you do them, you will do them. We have confidence in you for that. Verse 5, And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. Now, that's, that's a prayer, actually. Catch that? Verse 5 is a prayer. Paul's personal prayer. Two lines. Two things he prays here. First one is, Lord, direct your hearts into the love of God. And the second, and into the patient waiting for Christ. Two things. He sums everything up right there in that last part. Everything that's important. The love of God. Look at it. The Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. You can't be directed <coughs> to the love of God unless the Lord direct your heart to the love of God. And you can't have the love of God or God direct your love if you don't have Jesus. Now, that's a problem with today's teachings. You can have God without Jesus. Anybody want to argue with that one? No, you can't. You can't have God without Jesus. When the Lord directs your hearts into the love of God, what's available? What is love? What is the love of God? What he saved the world by, wasn't it? For God so loved the world. Love is all powerful. Love covers a multitude of sins. There's on and on and on. The love of God, I mean the love of God, directing your heart into the love of God, your heart's going to be saturated with the love of God. What do you think is going to happen then? You're going to operate in godliness. Your life's going to be about God. The ability that God purposed for us to have is going to come alive in your life. When you... Well, just ask this question right here. Okay, you're talking about the Lord directing my heart into the love of God. How do I get God to direct my heart into the, His love? Where do we start at? Pray for it. Pray. I keep talking about this society. This society is a definite hammer against it. Yeah. It's abrasive. It's wearing. It's it's always pricking and trying to prevent and trying to hinder. Yeah. The only way we can have the true love of God is again if He directs it. But we've got to ask Him to do that, and then we've got to commit ourselves to following through. Commitment. When we do, the latter part, and into the patient waiting for Christ. You can't patiently wait for Christ. Do you have the love for God? Of God. That basically kind of means the same thing. You can't have the love of God until you have the love for God. Mm -hmm. And then when you have that, when you have it in the genuine that Paul's talking about here, then you're going to have the patient waiting for Christ's return. Now that's just fine. He said other places, my will is to see you before Christ. I want to see you there at that ultimate end. Me too. I want to see you at the ultimate end. I want to see you when the Lord comes back. I want to see you standing before him with a smile on your face. Rejoicing. But this is 
That's got to happen. It's a remarkable account or a few scriptures. Life again contains so much that should bring us to the an understanding and then a urging to commit ourselves to the action required that is bringing us bringing to us. And uh, those you know, I mean, I covet your prayers. Like Paul, absolutely. It's, what I it is uh, sometimes a task because what I'm presented with and inspired with when I minister is I seek God for the word that needs to be brought about on that particular occasion or that particular service. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes I get thought in the process. I guarantee you my phone will ring. Scammers love it. And you can have a thought and I'll be, 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 and then you, where, uh-oh, where'd that thought go? You said it well the other night. Get rid of the thing. I'm working on that. Thank you. I pray you come up with other messages like that. Praying for you. Praying for you. Praying for you. When we do that, You'd be surprised what will happen. But the, I don't know, you may never think about it. Okay, it's time to go to church, let's go. And you may never think about, well, what about the guy that's getting ready to bring this message to me? Right. I might have to stop and pray. But I get fed today, and other people get fed, and he's able to deliver this freely, free course. Mm-hmm. Hindrances be gone. Because I promise you, them hindrances will show up. I have felt them here many times. Sure. Very strongly. Almost like they're about ready to take body form with teeth and fangs and claws. And I'm wondering, where's the prayer warriors? Surely they sense this. Maybe you do, and maybe you just don't say anything. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying. But it's adamant that we be, be in prayer. And I'm going to say, service times especially. Pray for conviction. Yeah. Somebody in this house that don't know the Lord and they need conviction. God, let there be an atmosphere of conviction. Somebody needs delivered. God, let there be an atmosphere of deliverance or healing or whatever it might be. Look across the way and somebody looks like they're down and out. Go to work on it. Okay, any, any of anybody got anything? Go ahead. I actually wanted to ask you if you would want to kind of know what your thoughts are on verse 4 there at the very end what, and you, you commented on this already but I want to kind of that's the four we're at verse yeah. 4 was it? verse 4 my brother verse 4 when, it, when he talked about uh, doing the things that we, we command you talk uh-huh. a little bit about you know what your thoughts are on you know he's talking about like you said doing the things that are commanded and, and really in connection to this world and really the I guess I want to say it like this our, our flesh is really a, a desire to not be told what to do because I think it plays into that I mean we all have this hardwiring and, and here you are up here and you're given the word and it's it's coming at us and I think there's this you know there's this part of us that just does not want to be told what to do 
just tell me what your thoughts are on that, because I, I think that's... Well, first uh, off, when you propose your question, the word command, and, and I said it's not like you got a whip trying to beat and enter sure, people, sure. but that's there for a reason. Mm -hmm. And Paul used it for, he didn't say the things that I asked you to do. Right. He said, command you to do it. Right. Because he's getting this from God. Mm -hmm. We've got to understand that. The Holy Spirit's speaking here. Paul's merely writing it down to send it to this church. Right. That's God's will. That's God's command. Mm -hmm. So, and to answer your question further, uh, and, and he didn't go into specifics as to this command, that command. He said the things. I think he said the things. Things, plural. Which make, we command you, and I agree with you, by, by our human makeup, we don't like to be told what to do. And it gets on our toes, you know, there are all kinds of terms for it. Sure. And it offends. I mean, there's been instances through the years I've had people get up and walk out of here. Yeah. And uh, I have made the statement when it gets really, really, really tough, I, I say that door slams both ways. I'm sorry. Uh, you're not going to create trouble here. Uh, and, you know, that's, uh, that covers a lot of ground, that particular word. But, uh, Back to society and the way people are today, and I guess they're not a lot different than they were in the day Paul wrote. Right. But there's a lot more things available. We do know that. Sure. But we're commanded to abstain from all appearance of evil. That's a command. Yeah. That's biblical. That's big. Yeah. What is all appearance of evil? Well, it doesn't mean my little deal over here. <laughs> all means all. Now this is where people get really let off when they let these little trickles come in. Right. And before long it's more than a trickle, the faucet's wide open and then now heeding the command in the beginning is the best remedy. Yeah. If God says don't do it, then it means don't do it and it means it's wrong. Just because it comes out of the preacher's mouth, if he can back it up biblically, he's not wrong. I'm not saying it won't offend people. It, it might really cause some conflict but it's still the word of God so mm -hmm. commands command um, one thing uh, the modern church is pretty much again I'm speaking with limited observation but I have saw quite a bit they will not speak about sin anymore right. they will not name them. they are afraid they're going to offend somebody and their numbers will go down or their money won't be coming in I don't know what it is but if we don't know what sin is And I used to think everybody surely knows what sin is, but I'm convinced. No, they don't. You no, got to tell them. I think you're right. You got to tell them. Right. You got to tell them what the the Lord is not pleased with people who try to use His name and the title of Christianity and continue to to sin willfully. Yes, that's right. Either ignorantly or knowledge or, or knowingly. Uh, so I hope I'm answering. I'm, I'm throwing a lot of things out that's here. That's good. Me, but, no, that's good. Uh, but our, the best response to that is you read the Word of God, you know what's right and know what's wrong. You know what God's commanding of us. And therefore, if you'll apply yourself to that, you're not going to have a lot of problem with it. I mean, it's a little discipline process. We all know that. That's good. And, uh, but until you get this, you're not going to get it. Right. And, and because you don't, you're not going to really be effective. I truly believe, backed up the scripture, the holier you become, 
the more powerful he becomes. Yeah. And to be holy, you got to kick some things out of your life. You got to heed some commandments. Yep. You, you can't play it that it'll be all right. God will understand, and I'll keep being my little spiritual self while I've got this real problem going on in my life. Mm-mm. God can't use you effectively if, if you don't commit. Right. Commit to the commandments. Anybody else? Brother John, I think some pastors and preachers, the fear of the Lord's not in them. Uh, I know you and Tanner fear the Lord. Uh, you know the consequences if you take or add to the word. That's right. I mean, y'all know what's going down, and the, the good ones all do. But the ones that do not fear the Lord now, they yeah. Is, yeah, and the consequences if we don't. Yeah. There's scripture. Yeah. We're going to stand before the God that I'm talking about more than anybody else. That's right. And I don't know what his questions are. I don't even know if there's going to be any questions. Judgment may just be very swift and exact. I don't know if we're even going to get to give an excuse. But uh, I think that's going to really come up. Um, But it's good. I appreciate that too. And I I thank you. Anybody else? The one you got them both knocked out. You done a good job. Either you did or I did. I put them to sleep preaching. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Okay. That finishes it up. Like everything else, good to work. <coughs> Uh, when more people can never get back where everybody can be involved, it seems to be a hard task anymore from everybody here. But uh, I want to uh, put everybody's names in a bucket and everybody draw one and you pray for them every day. Sure. Multiple times. And then when they do it again another month, you change out and get this ball rolling. Sure. You know, reminders work great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're not reminded, or somebody doesn't even assign you something, when you're assigned, you kind of it means love rather than just kind of free, free gratis and free roaming. So that's what we're going to do to get things going, and then to be held accountable. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in so doing, I think we'll we'll see a great difference. Yeah. And I'm not saying that people don't pray for each other now. We certainly do, but. Um, in the essence of Paul's writing, it's vital and absolutely necessary. Okay, so we will stand dismissed. Singing Sunday night. Anything else? Anybody announcements? Any prayer requests anybody have? I, I don't know if Mountain Camp's still sick. You heard from Jimmy and Linda's not here. Uh, quite a few, I don't know. It's it's hard to keep up anymore. And, you know, getting a prayer request on the group, may I get them in. Let me tell you, folks, I usually don't even respond. I just pray because getting back on here and responding to everybody and all this is just, it's, I can be praying instead of trying to manipulate the cell phone. So know when they come out that um, I see them.
The baby, how's the baby doing? He's, he's doing better. He's the, the doctor said it. Uh, he's got a good outlook. Good. It's like I don't know that he actually thing. had a stroke because of the brain, the yeah. spinal leak, but it was like that was the damage that was done on the right side. But rehab can take care of that. So gotcha. he's he was what he gestational would be thirty eight weeks now, but he's like eleven weeks old now. So, mm. so he's man, <laughs> and he weighs five and a half pounds mm. now. So mm. he's doing wow. he's doing good. And, Okay. A lot of stress off that mama. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh. Be careful. One of them's been rattling his back. He was telling me about that earlier. There's a prayer request right there. Bad. Yeah. Y'all pray for what? Anybody else? All right. Okay. Blake, would you lead us in dismissal prayer, brother? Heavenly Father, Lord, your word says to fight the good fight of faith, God. And Lord, let us not grow weary, Lord, mm. from that word fight. Lord, uh, as an army, Lord, they use that same word, God, Lord, and they have an array of, of, of military divisions mm. and all these great powerful things, God, Lord. We've got to understand that when we fight the good uh, fight of faith, God, Lord, that we've got to use our weapons against these things, Amen. God, Lord, yes, Lord. weapons yes. from you, Father. Your word, Lord, and your truth, God, Lord, and, and quit getting mixed up, God, with mm. thinking that they just bear a little bit or maybe not enough strength. They just throw such a dream all the time, Lord. They're above yes. anything that we face, Lord. We just praise you, God, Lord. Just pray, God, Lord, that we all in unity, Lord, just surrender this world. Just get, get out of it, yes, Lord. Lord. Being wrapped mm. up in it, Lord. Just focus on you, Lord. Just dive into you. God, get wrapped up. Yes, just Lord. get baptized yes, in the Holy yes. Spirit. Lord, be loose, yes, Lord. Jesus, yes. Just do your work, Father, Lord. And quit worrying about what this world is saying and thinking, mm. God. We break and bind it, God, Lord. And we just pray your ultimate power reigns supreme in mm -hmm. our lives and mm. outcast it across this world, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. 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 Praise God. Glory. Glory.